and welcome to the Candly Crew Podcast. I'm your host, Chesley White. And I'm your co-host, Marina Register. So, Chesley. Yes. You took a golf lesson with my golf coach <laughs> yesterday. I did, yes. Thank you for the introduction. Shout out Kyle Mason with Golf Tech. Um, yes. So, yeah, I went and um, did the lesson. It was a swing about and... Um, it was it was pretty amazing the technology that goes into that. Um, let's just say I've changed my grip already. Okay, good. That's one of the first things we went yes. to. And um, man, like so, I, I initially started off hitting uh, the ball, and all my shots were going to the right. Just like I mean, you know, we played yes, multiple yes. times. Mm-hmm, you know how mm-hmm. how much I hit to the right. Um, and then he changed the grip, and you know, we still have a lot to fix, obviously. But <laughs> did he do the Rubik's cube thing with you? No. He said your swing is kind of like a Rubik's cube. He's like, we'll fix one thing, and it'll look okay, and then you turn it to the other side and you're like well that's wonky and then you have to keep fixing it and rotating around so it's a process yeah so it it was really cool so after we fixed the grip um I was hitting longer and straighter I mean it wasn't perfect but it was definitely a lot better so I'm like I am excited um so yeah thanks for the rec and I got a referral credit I didn't realize I did I also got got a referral credit for (laughs) me yeah so that was really cool yeah so we have um, to recommend them to more people in crew. Yeah. So, guys. <laughs> so, um, and then you went to the beach this past I weekend. Did. I did. I had a team for work, actually, that we went to India in January of 2020, and we miss each other. So the four of us met back up at the beach with significant others and just hung out at the Outer Banks, and it was a great, 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 great time. That's super, awesome. Super I'm so jealous. Cannot wait to go to the beach. We've got a trip coming up end of July, beginning of right. August. So. Perfect. It's hot enough now that it needs to be yeah. beach time. Yeah, it's getting very hot. Well, um, you want to get into today's show? I would love to get into today's show. All right. Well, I'm so excited. Um, today we are talking with Lindsay Cannon, who is director of Quest Site Solutions. And I'm just, I've known Lindsay for a while, um, but I don't know her story. So I'm really excited to, to hear it and hear what she has to say about how they started Quest. So I'm also super excited to just check up on her cat. Because we <laughs> tend to talk about cats whenever we hang out together. So, awesome, Lindsay, awesome. please give us an update on that first. <laughs> All right, well, let's bring her in. Hi. So I think first, before we talk about my cat, Ro, you have to hear the story about how I found my cat, Ro. I love this. So uh, I was on my way home one Friday afternoon, and I live up in Traveler's Rest, and I came to the intersection of Ro Ford Road, hence my cat's name is Ro, Mm -hmm. and Highway 25, and my cat was eight weeks old trying to cross the six-lane Highway 25. Oh, my gosh. Ended up jumping underneath a Duke lineman truck. I parked my car. I was also eight weeks pregnant um, (laughs) and ran out. And, you know, 30, 45 minutes later, we have gotten this cat out of uh, underneath the Duke lineman's uh, truck. And he goes, I I don't know what to do. I got to go to work. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I'm done work. I'm on my way home. So I was like, okay, I'll take it. My husband is not a cat fan. But I showed up with a cat and called my husband. I'm like, there's a cat in our bathroom and I don't know what to do with it. And the animal shelter does not take animals on Saturday the next morning when we were uh, went to go drop it off at the animal shelter. So uh, he's now about three years old and his name is Ro and he loves my husband. (laughs) That's all we needed to hear. I love hearing about Ro. (laughs) Yes, that's a great story. Well, cool. Well, so, you know, like I said in the intro, like I've known you for a long time, uh, but I don't really know your story. So like, tell us how you got started in this industry and what you do and we'll just go from there. Okay. Awesome. Uh, You know, the 
I guess the elevator speech. Of yes, that's right. <laughs> without being here all day. Uh, no, so I, I'll back up. So I do site selection and incentive negotiation. So the short version of that is I help companies decide where to locate new facilities all across North America. I got started uh, not long after graduating college. I worked for the South Carolina Department of Commerce. So I was there for a few years and I was finishing up grad school and I knew I wanted to do something different, but I thought kind of consulting was what you did when you retired, not when you're in your mid twenties. And so it just so happened, I was looking at various jobs, figuring out where I wanted to go. I was in Columbia at the time. So I kind of had a triangle. I would do Columbia, Charlotte, or Greenville. And it happened that uh, a company called McCallum Sweeney Consulting was hiring um, for a position. I was like, oh, consulting. Okay, cool. Like, we'll, we'll try this out. So uh, it was kind of an accident that mm-hmm. I ended up in consulting, but that was back in 2008. And here I still am. Uh, back in 2018, so about 10 years after I joined the firm, uh, the owner decided to retire and shut the company down. So another- a move. <laughs> a little rush. We had about six, six weeks notice to figure out what our, our next plan was. And kind of the team- Went various different directions, but another colleague and I uh, went over to O'Neill and stood up their site selection firm uh, that is Quest Site Solutions. So we are wholly owned by O'Neill, but we operate independently. And what did what did you get a degree in in college in order to go into that? So my undergrad is marketing management, and my master's is public administration. Interesting. Yeah. So it's more of, you know, you find people in this field very diverse. Nobody kind of goes to college saying, hey, I want to be a site selection consultant. So, you know, you'll see lawyers, you'll see business people, you'll see some engineering, planning. It's all over the place. Yeah. I would have just assumed you would be like civil engineer or something that was like more related to like site specific stuff. Gotcha. That's that's really cool. I mean, that, that, you know, it's like you start broad and then you can really go anywhere from that point. Well, in the site selection process, you really do touch a lot of stuff. So you touch the site side of things, but you're also looking at workforce. You're looking at taxes and incentives uh, and a variety of other different factors to figure out what is the ideal location. So, you know, yes, the engineering side's helpful for the site piece, but, you know, something like accounting is very helpful for the tax and incentive piece. So makes it's, sense. it's yeah. kind of balancing it all out. Okay. It it's almost like you're general contracting like all the different specialties to pull yeah. it together yes. and get to Very much. what a site selection really needs to be. Yeah. Very so, much. A, I know a lot about a little bit. Yeah. Very generalist. <laughs> Jack of all trades. <laughs> yes, exactly. So what does your, your day look like on that like average day? Uh, oh, they're, they're not always the same. There's not really one day that's the same as the other. So it's very project dependent. Okay. So it's very cyclical of where we are in a project and also balancing the different projects. So there's times that I have a lot of desktop work that I'm, you know, analyzing sites. Then there's times that I'm like out in the field, you know, looking at the sites, looking at the communities, but then it's kind of back doing desktop analysis on the taxes and incentives, you know, talking to the different communities that we're evaluating, going back and forth with our client, so there's, there's not really a typical day. And then uh, you know, also never know when your client's going to pick up the phone and 
throw you on a tangent to go do something else that you weren't expecting to do sure. that day. Yeah. Have you ever had a moment um, where you're, like everything is penciling out on paper and you even like maybe look on Google Maps or something, you're like, yeah, this site looks pretty cool. And then you like get up there and get to the site and you're like, eh, no. Uh, oh, yeah. One of my favorite stories that I like to tell people uh, is we were looking at a site and on paper it looked great. Everything looked great. We did the site visit. Everything looks great. Uh, and we go out for the site visit. We're staying there and there's two transmission lines. Let's say it's like a 100 acre site and we need 100 acres. And in the middle of this 100 acre site, there's two transmission lines. And I start flipping through all my maps. This is quite a few years ago. So we didn't have like Google Earth to look at it beforehand. Yeah. I had to rely on the visuals that was provided to me. And I don't see this these two transmission lines on any of my visuals. And I, I look at the economic developer and I said, are those new? You know, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, that one there, they've probably been here about 10 years. I'm like, they're not on any of my maps. They're like, oh, they're not. Are they going to be a problem? <laughs> and the utility rep was standing there and I looked at him. I said, those aren't moving. He said, not for your project. Oh, and I was gosh. like, yeah, they're, they're going to be a problem and your site's not going to make it. So, yeah. you know, it's a lot easier now with Google Earth than we can do a lot of desktop analysis before we get to that point. But there still are times that, you know, you don't maybe know what the route from the interstate looks like. You can't always judge accurately, okay, is the rail at a grade that you can actually get the rail onto the site or is the yeah. topography going to be too drastic? So you always need to go look at a site. You know, it's hard yeah. to do this without getting in the field. Yeah, I was right. about to say, how often do you travel to, like, go look at a site? Because obviously, and, like, how much of, like, what does your geography look like? Obviously, you're over the whole of North America, but do you tend towards the southeast? Or you have kind of a percentage outside of that? Uh, we do a lot of manufacturing projects, which if you think the southeast is hot for manufacturing, so it's always nice when we're looking at the Southeast because yeah. it's close to home. But, uh, you know, like I was in Iowa this past week and we have a project that's looking out West. Uh, so it really just depends, you know, that's really all over the place. And then from a, how often do I travel? Again, it's really project dependent. You know, there's a period of time when we are doing site visits and we're taking our clients out in the field that it may be a month or two of a lot of travel, but then there's also a lot of desktop analysis and in the office work yeah. as well. Did you travel during COVID? Uh, a little bit. I actually did not set foot on a plane for quite a while, but I took some absolutely crazy road <laughs> trips. Uh, so one, I drove about eight, eight and a half hours for a two or three hour meeting and turned around and came oh home. My but gosh, that was, wow. you know, in the height of it. And yeah. It was like, okay, you know, to protect us, our families and everything. We'll drive. Yeah. So I, I learned that was the trip that I learned. I didn't think about this was, and this was like last summer, how many like places didn't let you go in until I'm like, where do we go to the bathroom? Yeah. You know, something oh, simple right. as everything is just drive throughs. Yeah. So we pull into Chick-fil-A like, oh, we'll run in, get our food, go to the bathroom. And we're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we learned every time you saw a rest area, we had to stop. So yeah. I've learned different things traveling during COVID, <laughs> but um, now I'm back to flying. I did not drive to Iowa last week. So. Yeah, that would have been miserable. Uh, yeah. Um, so what do you think or what would you say is the most challenging part of your job? And then what would you say is the most rewarding part? Um, both have the same answer that is my, that. my clients. Uh, you know, okay. so a lot of times they... 
they don't always understand what we do and the process. We'll send that's them right why, to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why they hire us, right? They right. hire us for our expertise. Right. But you know, they'll just say, well, what if we look at this? Or what about this? Or oh, by the way, we gave you the wrong utility spec. So, you know, even throughout a project, a lot of times things are changing based upon them getting new information. Sometimes they just don't have the right team members uh, on the team at the very beginning. Uh, so I would say my, my clients, or they have unrealistic, like, hey, can't you do this in a week when it takes a month? Yeah. And then, but at the same time, you know, helping our clients determine what that location is and seeing them announce in a location that they're going to be successful and be able to build a new facility is very rewarding. Yeah. So it's clients. Right. And like when you (laughs) see a client and you're like passed by the side, you're like, I helped them pick that. Right. Yes. That's really exciting. Yes. That is cool. There are some detours to be like, hey, you know, it's like 10, 15 minutes out of our way, but we got we to gotta go see this building. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. I was wondering, and I had a question, I think I've just forgotten it, but um, shoot, never mind. I forgot it. Yeah, growing up, my um, my stepdad, he paved roads for a living. And so, like, literally, we'd be driving, and he'd just be like, detour off to the right and be like, I paved this subdivision. And I was like, cool. <laughs> like, it looks it the just, same as every right, other Right, exactly. Yeah. I don't know what's special about this, but cool. <laughs> oh, I remembered my question. Have you ever gone to a site and been like, well, that's a great site. It won't work for the client that I'm currently working on, but I've got to keep this site in my pocket because I think – there's another client that it might work for, or you just like the site so much, or is it just kind of like you're looking specifically for your client and you go find them a site? Typically, it's more we're looking at a site for a client because, yes, I've seen sites that are like really good and I know about those in the back of my mind, but mm-hmm. like really good sites normally get taken up yeah. fairly mm-hmm. quickly. So Thanks. it may work for another client, like let's say two or three years down the road, and it's not available anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. So right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yep. And like, do your clients typically know how big of a site that they need? And I guess it's like, I guess maybe it depends on how savvy they are. I'm just I'm curious about that. Uh, I think my most frequent answer for anything is it depends. Yeah. And it really yeah. does. Like, so, you know, kind of like a search region. Some of our clients come to us and say, hey, I want to look at these three states along this interstate corridor where others are like, I don't know where I need to be. Same thing with acreage. Some of them are like, you know, here's my building. I know that this is my building. Here's the perimeters around it. Mm-hmm. Whereas others are like, we know we're going to need additional capacity, but we actually don't know exactly what we're going to put in that building yet. So we're not exactly sure yeah. how yeah. big it's going to be. So hmm. it depends. A little bit of sophistication of the client. And the other part is how far along are they in the process before we get involved. Do you go through any programming elements with them to try to help them figure out? Like, say they don't know the acreage, do you try to help them get to that answer so that you can help them uh, do yeah. your job? No, no, we, <laughs> help me help we you. Go looking at sites, we have to know yeah. what we're looking for. But, you know, a lo- you know, I said, you know, parameters change. We have one client that started with acreage, and it just keeps kind of going up as they're like, oh, we might need to add this and we might need to add that. So even though I start with something, yeah, it may change. But yes, we we definitely help. We try to nail down as much at the beginning as we can because it just makes our jobs easier and us better at what we're doing the more information we have. Yeah, makes complete sense. So you mentioned that you came over with one other person. Do you each have your own clients or do you both work on the same client? Like how do, how does your like team split yeah. up? Are you very client specific and then you have people under you or how does that work? Yeah. So we are 
uh, a team of three. And so it really, it depends. So like, like, as I said, it depends. <laughs> uh, right now we are so busy that it's kind of like, hey, I'm just going to try to keep my stuff going. And if I need you, I'll let you know. If you need me, let me know. But yeah. like, we're just kind of, we're, we're there together and we kind of know what each other's doing, yeah. but we're kind of just going on parallel paths. Whereas when it's not as crazy busy as we are right now, there's a lot more like interaction, like, hey, review this. Hey, what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. But right now it's just kind of like, okay, let's just let's just get it done and keep going. Let me know if you need something right. type thing. Right. Makes sense. So in terms of like the different pieces, I'm sorry, I just have a ton of questions yeah. about no, <laughs> it. Fascinating. So in terms of like the pieces that go into say, I guess you produce a report or something yes. like that. You know, you need an accountant or you need all these other people with their expertise. Like, you know, you're not doing that piece, right? I mean, so are people on your team doing that or do you sub that out to an expert that like um, kind of helps you put together that? No, we're doing this. Uh, there's different deliverables at different periods of time. So we break up the project in phases. So phase one is kind of where are we going to look and what are the sites that are eligible for that project? And so that's a lot of, okay, here's the parameters. Here's what this project needs. Do the sites that have been submitted meet those parameters? And so we go to our milestone meeting with our client and we present those sites to them and we put them in three buckets. Retain, which are the, these meet the criteria. The eliminate, these don't, they shouldn't have been submitted. And then the marginal are kind of, we don't have enough information or they might be on the edge of a search region or just kind of those that are in the middle that could go either way. And our client helps us decide, do they go in the retain or do they go in the eliminate? Okay. And then at that point, we go out and do site visits. Both our team with our client, uh, normally there's a few different trips. And then at the same time, we're putting together a comprehensive location report. So At that point, we're looking at the site, we're looking at workforce, we're looking at taxes and incentives, a variety of different factors. When we used to print about, it was like a few inches worth of information. Now it's much easier. Just send it on. Um, That's good. And at that point, we're down to like our finalist location. So still our team is putting all of that together. And then we begin our incentive negotiations. Uh, and then any due diligence that may be needed. So this is where we start to get outside help if needed. Okay. Um, so from a lawyer to be able to do a lot of the agreements uh-huh. that are done, uh, people to do the due diligence studies if they haven't already been completed. Sometimes our clients have already determined who their contractor is going to be. Others wait till the very end. Some bring them in even earlier, but that kind of at this point is starting that process of, okay, we're, we're figuring out where you're going. Someone's going to have to build this. Right. Um, so that's kind of where O'Neill and O'Neill Constructors comes in, right? Uh, if if yes, it works if, out. Like if they don't have a contract picked out, they would at least be like, well, yes. we've worked with Lindsay. She's under the O'Neill umbrella, that kind of thing. Yes. So uh, a lot of times our clients do come to us already having existing relationships. Right. So... With O'Neill, we can kind of hold hands when we need to and say O'Neill who when we need to. So, okay. uh, but yeah, a lot of times they do have that relationship and then gotcha. we'll be bringing them in throughout the process. Okay. And then at times we do work with O'Neill on projects. So, gotcha. cool. So, let's talk about your career progression. How would you describe it? Like, you know, from getting started at Callum Sweeney and to where you are now? Like, do you, if, is it like a straight trajectory? Is it up, down, um, all over? No, it's, it's fairly you know, consistent there. You know, I definitely didn't think when I started at commerce that I would be in 
consulting. So I guess there was, it kind of was going up, but it was kind of like, oh, I, I didn't see it going this direction. You know, mm -hmm. I guess it was kind of, I took a turn there. Yeah. And then I definitely did not see McCallum Sweeney closing and have that in the plans of, hey, you're going to go over and uh, create this. But uh, so I think everything that's kind of happened, it's been on kind of the same track, but just kind of, I guess, little speed humps, if you will, like just right. things that I didn't expect along the way. Yeah. There's no way that you could plan for. So no. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. You know, I, you know, you also don't plan for COVID happening. Oh, you know, so there, it's yeah. not even just like career yeah. things. There's, you know, just other things along the way or, you know, a big project comes along or you, uh, you know, are juggling too many projects or, oh, you're worried about where the next project's coming from. So there's a lot of like kind of, I would say versus a career kind of trajectory, it's more of the things that happen along the way that's kind of been more of the bumps than where I'm going or what I'm doing. Yeah. Has the, have those been growth opportunities for you? Like, have you looked back and you're like, wow, that really tested me. And, you know, now I feel like I'm so much like more mature or stronger or can handle that situation now. Um, I, I think I'm constantly learning and growing. Yeah. So I, I feel like all of the little speed bumps are along the way are constant opportunities to learn and do better next time. I always say if I'm doing things the same way a year or two down the road, I'm doing it wrong because I haven't done anything to improve what I was doing. So I like to like continually be changing thinking of things, how to do it differently and right. better. Makes sense. Yep. So do you have a mentor? And if so, like, what does that relationship look like? How did it come to be? I have lots of mentors. You know, it's been, uh, it some have been with me, I feel like, through most of my career. Others have been at different points in time. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and some are local. Some are spread all over. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think all of them, the key thing is, when I touch base with them, I say fairly regularly, let's say like quarterly or every six months, mm -hmm. depending on who they are, I touch base like different times, but they're always there when I need them and need that sounding board. And I think the other thing about all of my mentors are none of them are going to sugarcoat anything. Like that's one of the things that's great. that I need in a minute. If I'm going to have a mentor, I want that person to really mentor me and tell me the things that I need to hear, not necessarily that I want to hear. Right. Like I want to hear I'm great all the time, but I don't necessarily <laughs> need to hear that. Right. Like you need people to tell you like, Hey, that's a really good job, but yeah. And you know, I think that's the common denominator of all of them is they are willing to say the things that I don't always want to hear. Right. But that you have to in order yes, to grow. Because exactly. if, we, if we can't right. understand like where we have something that's failing or, I mean, you can't improve if you don't know what needs to improve. Right. And so there has to be lot. something that you didn't do very well. In order right. To and there's it. things that we don't see ourselves. Right. That, you know, someone mm -hmm. else pointing it out, you're like, oh, yeah, why didn't I see that? But you just need that person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just someone or people. Like, right. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a couple to yeah. be like, oh, so like three people told me this. <laughs> I guess they're probably right. Yeah. Right? <laughs> How did that relationship come about? With your mentors? Um, yeah, some are people that I have worked with over the years mm -hmm. that, you know, have just kind of been my cheerleaders. Others are colleagues. Um, I can only think there's one or two that I was actually like paired with. Like one of my 
favorite dear mentors, uh, I actually did Cruz leadership program. We were, I was in the first class of that and they paired us with mentors. And in talking to some of my classmates, they like talk to their mentor like once or twice during this year. And I'm like, oh no, we talked like monthly. And, yeah. uh, and it's been fun because we've been able to refer work back and forth and, uh, like you know, icing we, on the cake. Right. Like I I think I've only met her in person once, maybe twice, but we just hit it off and yeah, she's been wonderful and vice versa. And so I, it's been great. So, so she was through like crew network. Yes. So she's in like a different city. She is. She's in Philly. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. So like if I'm ever up that way, I'm always like, Hey, can you meet? And we try to meet up or so it's, it's been great. And the other thing about, um, mentors is I have some that are close in age to me. Mm-hmm. And then I have some that are, you know, nearing retirement or have retired. So, mm-hmm. you know, having that kind of diverse age group also, I think has, cause they, they see different things. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they're not always all telling me the same thing, which is actually very helpful when you look at your career mm-hmm. trajectory and where you're going and what you need help with is yeah, absolutely, you know, someone that's been doing it for 40 years is going to see it differently than someone that's been doing it 10 or 15 years. Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, well, what kind of career advice would you give to someone that was looking to, to get into your industry? Um, you know, we, we talked about it a little early earlier is, you know, you have to know a little bit about everything. So Mm -hmm. being open to kind of learning, you know, there's some of my clients that I get that I, I have no clue what they do. Like they're what they make. And but I have to go learn a little bit about that industry or mm-hmm. their specific process. So it's like that constant learning. You have to do that one. Um, you know, the the variety that we see. So being able to adapt to not having that standard day that you don't know what's coming at you. I would say also the time management, being able to juggle multiple projects. Mm-hmm. I'm probably failing at that right now because I have like all of my projects are super like busy. super busy right now. And I'm like, uh, okay, I'll do one of this and then I'll do one of this and one of this. And so that way I've touched all of them. Right. Um, <laughs> so and they've it, been touched. Right. Have they been moved forward? We don't know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I actually said this week, every day I'm going to cross one like long-term thing off, like mm-hmm. getting a deliverable out the door. I'm like, yeah. if I could do one a day, I'm doing it. I haven't finished today's yet. So that's like so, what well, I was I mean, working on before I came over here. There's still time. In the yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, But so I would say the time management uh, and then also understanding that, you know, we don't work typical schedules. Like I Mm -hmm. I have a typical work week, but it depends on, you know, what's needed. Or like last week I was on the road all week, but just because I'm on the road doesn't mean my other projects stop and my emails just don't happen. So, you know, I get to a hotel at night and I'm trying to catch up on some of those things. So it's, it's very kind of untraditional in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that's a, Which a lot of different people. things. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot of different things. If someone right. is looking at consulting, it's not like, Oh, I think that that would be fun. It is fun, but there's also a lot of hard work and a lot of yeah. other kind of negative with any job there's yeah. negatives and there's positives. Sure. But it does seem like you need to have kind of a high level of flexibility Yeah, and also like a desire to help your customers or your clients. Yeah, you have, you know, this is a job that you really have to love and enjoy what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It can't just be, oh, that, that's interesting. I, 
I might can do that. Like you really right. have I to have I can do a, that 40 hours a week, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I think you have to have a passion for doing site selection to really be good at it and thrive. And does your passion or like your motivation come from like wanting your clients to succeed or is there like some other intrinsic thing, motivation that you have with your job? Um, you know, for me, a part of it is the challenge of finding them the ideal location. So part of it is that, but then also, you know, you want your clients to be successful. So, you know, you're helping them make that decision and then you kind of can, I think the other thing for me is you watch it. It doesn't like just happen and then it's gone. Like as we were talking earlier, like you see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And though you kind of follow them for years down the road, how are they doing? Are they growing even more? So I think that part piece of it too. And knowing that, you know, you're making a difference not only in this company, but in the community where it's going to. Mm-hmm. Typically, if they have hired a consultant, it's a pretty large project right. that's yeah. going to make a big impact on a community. So knowing that, you know, you're changing lives, too, mm-hmm. by where you locate this thing. Yeah, that's really cool. That's a good point. Well, and, you know, if your client is successful and they're going to tell all their friends, like, hey, you know, site solutions helped us out with this and then it's just hopefully gonna that would be ideal right (laughs) (laughs) we actually do have a lot of people always ask like oh where do you get your projects and we actually have some team members have been at multiple companies so they go to a new company and that company has a project and they'll give us a call so it's you know that's kind of the best advertising is the world of mouth but when someone hires you multiple times at multiple companies you're like Okay, I'm doing something right. Yeah, right? there's some value here. <laughs> That's, That's a awesome. promoter, I think is what they yes. call it. So, so where do you see yourself going? Like, do you have any, you seem like a long-term goal maker. Do you have any, like, five-year, ten-year goals? Um, You know, right now it's like, can I survive? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I feel like we've right, asked, now I, right now I have, like, a five-week goal. <laughs> no. We've had multiple people here on the podcast yeah. that, too, and a lot of times they're like, well, this year is a little different. It's yeah. kind of changed what the goals look like. Um. You know, I really don't, as, of course, to grow Quest. You know, that's that's the goal is, you know, as time goes on to get bigger and bigger. But, you know, someone asked me this, like, well, what's next? And I'm like, like, you mean, like, where would I go after? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, retirement? Like, <laughs> so, yeah. Like, yeah. So Quest, I, I is, mean, Quest I, is yours. It was kind of like your brainchild in a way. Yeah. And, you know, it's fun because we're, all the things that I have thought about for 10 or 15 years, like, oh, you know, if I was in charge, this is what I would do. Or yeah. these are the things that I would change. Well, we're getting to implement that. And that's fun. Yeah. You know, it really is fun yeah. to be able to, I mean, you yeah. know, yeah. to be in charge. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. And so um, I think that's the fun side of it. And mm-hmm. so it's, I think it's the, like, you know, 5, 10, 15 year plan is not necessarily oh, where am I going? But it's, okay, what are we going to be offering? And what are we going to do? And what are some of the different things that we can be doing that isn't being offered right now? Yeah. So I think that's I where that. I look is. Yeah. Which makes sense. Do you have a lot of competition in the area of site solution consultants? Oh, yeah. Well, actually, we have a lot locally. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So there's a, a group out of a, a group of us that one um, way back when, this is before I joined, um, the group there was a lot of people that worked at floor mm-hmm. and so they kind of went their separate ways and created uh site selection firms and then when McCallum Sweeney closed our team kind of dispersed ah. so now there's probably there's about a handful 
of different ones here. And then, uh, you know, accounting firms have site selection divisions, um, attorneys. Yeah. So there's a lot of different, and so there's standalone, and then there's a lot of entities that offer a site selection service. So, right. and but our biggest competitor is companies trying to do it Themselves. on their own. Like they're yeah. like, oh, I'm not paying that money. I can do this. But this is our expertise. This is right. what we do every day. Right. It's not what our clients do every day, especially yeah. if they don't have a project, you know, all that often. Like, okay, Amazon, they do enough projects. They have a real estate team. They know what they're doing. Sure. But, you know, company XYZ that hasn't built a new facility in 10 years, they don't know where to start. Right. They don't know where to go. So, yeah. Do you have to have any kind of like specific certifications? So I know like obviously for accounting firms, like they need a CPA that signs off on something. Anything like that for you or is it very consulting? No, no certification. No certification. Interesting. Perfect. So, you know, since you started your own company, essentially, what um, how have you guys set things up in terms of like flexibility and, and with work life? I mean, that was for us starting our company. That was huge in defining our culture and how we were going to be. Um, and I know you have a, a young son, just like I do. Um, how has the work life balance and, and culture been? Uh, you know, that's that's one of the things that, you know, w- we do. We care about each other and we we like each other, you know, like if you spend as much time around people as like as we do as a team working, you know, you really get to sometimes when you're traveling with someone, you really get to know them way better than <laughs> yeah, you kind that of is want true to. I've, I've been, that's <laughs> yeah. true for me and Chelsea, but also it happens with work too. Yes. Where you're like, I know this coworker in a different way. And then you start way. traveling. I mean, yeah. you know, think about me on my eight and a half hour road trip. It's not like you just sit there and don't talk to each other. Okay, well, you know? I've been on a two hour road trip where my coworker did sit there and not talk to okay, me. Okay, that's that awesome. I bet that was a lot of fun. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Memorable in another way. Yeah. And so I think from that, like, you know, trying to respect each other's schedules and knowing, you know, one, we're at the mercy of our clients, but you know, we want to have a life mm-hmm. too. So, you know, just trying to keep that balanced as much as we can. And I think we all have really understanding spouses. I, I was uh, telling someone I'm not going to win wife of the year as, as I was headed to the airport at 530 last week, I put some Tylenol in my child's mouth and told my husband, I'll make a doctor's appointment for him when I get to the airport. <laughs> but I had a flight to catch and yeah. I, I couldn't rearrange it. And, um, so yeah, yeah. Not, not always winning mom of the year or wife of the year, but yeah. it does, you know, but I think there's a balance. Right. You there's going to be seasons of life where Absolutely. you're going to be able to be wife and mother of the year. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you have very low competition because there's no other wives in that house. That, there's no true. other mothers. Mother so in my house, I'm winning it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll make you a little plaque if you want me to. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I guess it's time to go into our rapid fire so. five questions. Are you ready, yes. Lindsay? <laughs> I guess. This is where we just showcase personality. You know? <laughs> All right. I'll, I got question one. Uh, what do you like to do for fun? Um, chase around a two-year-old is probably uh, number one. But no, spending time with my family, but then also a good book and a good glass of wine. Oh, mm-hmm. I love it. Love yeah. That. Love that. Um, where is your favorite place to travel? Anywhere around water. Same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, what is your favorite business-related book or favorite book in general? Mm. All right, this one's hard. Uh, I would say one of my favorite books is Pat Conroy's Beach Music. I'm going to go with that. 
I don't know which my one my favorite business one would be. Yeah. Okay, we're keeping all of these because we've had some good books recommended. Yeah, so we're starting a running list. Okay. <laughs> um, a current TV show that you're watching. Uh, whatever my husband chooses. I'm not a TV person, so I'm... That's fair. That's I bet fair. he likes that. He's like, hey, I get to watch whatever I want. I, I have veto power. Oh, okay. okay. There are times fair I'm enough. like, no, no. <laughs> watch this on your own not. time. <laughs> or the other day I was like, I want to watch that. He's like, well, let's see what else is around. I'm like, no, no, I want to watch that one. He's like, what? <laughs> like, I, don't know you have an I don't have strong opinions about what I'm watching on TV or what I'm eating. Like, I just okay. want someone else to decide on those things. Really? I have to make enough decisions. It's true. Yeah. It's really true. I don't know if eating and TV would be my two, but I'm there not, are things that see, I just don't care I'm about. I'm not picky. Like, I'll eat pretty much anything, so I just don't want to decide what it is. <laughs> Do you have decision fatigue on those items? Like you're just making so much other decisions for those. I, you know, I've always been that way. I was very picky as a child, but after that, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. You just realized it was easier to not make the decision. Yeah. Um, well, on that topic, <laughs> this is the perfect question. Um, what is your favorite restaurant in Greenville, and what do you like to eat there? Ooh, um, well, what is Gordon's favorite restaurant? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, 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 I can make decisions yes, on it. Yes. Okay, I'm going to go with Lazy Goat mm. uh, oh, I and Lazy the goat. goat cheese balls and the Moroccan lamb. Mm. That's a good I choice. I haven't that. been to Lazy Goat in a while. I, want a few I haven't been anywhere in a while. I had a, I had a newborn for a year, and about <laughs> the time we're, like, coming out of newborn yeah. fog, <laughs> COVID hit. That's true. Oh, so maybe you can relate on this. We are now starting to take Hudson out to eat Um you know, post COVID. And so we're trying to like train him how to act in restaurants and stuff. Are you guys having that same issue of like, we missed a whole year of learning how to act. And then now we're trying to make up for it later. Oh, I don't think he's still gone anywhere to eat. Like if my, oh, really? my parents or in-laws are in town, we might, but uh-uh. Not him. Okay. Not, we're like venturing to like grocery stores and Lowe's. I hear you. Okay. At this point. <laughs> so what did Hudson have when we were out? At, Cause he had his pancakes. pancakes. Which was good, but then yeah. he had like a truck. He had a passy. He milk. His, yeah, his yeah. Milk. It, it was, was like, like anything like to distract him to you know, picking up his plate to throw it on the Which ground. he actually almost did once or he did do. <laughs> and the people next to us were like, it's okay, it's fine, it's fine. I did the same thing when I went out to eat the first time after COVID. <laughs> You're like, I'm done with this. Yeah, like, just throw it on the ground. All your, pre- your previous experience, you yeah, just forgot I, I just that. forgot it. I yeah, learning how to act again. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for letting thank us you. talk with you today. It's been a pleasure. And I'm just, I'm really excited. I got to learn about what you do and, and how things are going for you. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a pleasure. And I will need an update on Roe, like a picture or something just yeah. to make sure. Okay. You know, he's doing okay. He is. Here after COVID. He's thriving. <laughs> I'm sure he is. <laughs> All pets are. Aren't they? Right. Well, Alrighty. thanks so much. Thanks.